When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, mate. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm. Do you know what? I'm actually missing you. I'm really missing. Aww. I'm missing us. I'm missing being with friends. I miss my old life. I do. Oh, I saw. I saw that you um, <laughs> last night on Instagram. You were literally like, "Remember when we could go out and see people and do things?" And now we're just yeah. here. Honestly, I'm scared. I'm actually scared. I don't know how to do that anymore. Well, it's you been a bit that of long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Though it's been that long. Like. I can't even remember how to get dressed up. I I don't think I'd know how to behave in a bar anymore because I haven't been. I hope been. so. I Do you know so, what I mean though? The, the badly behaved Georgia is the really fun one. We were actually yeah. saying to those of you that are listening, we were saying that as soon as we get the go ahead, the nod, me and Georgia are going to go out on a night out, right? And anyone yeah. that wants to come with us, we're going to meet in a bar and we're going to get absolutely shit faced. Our producer Charlotte's going to be there. It's going to be an absolutely wild time. Yes, it is. We can't wait. <laughs> Um, so good weekend, bad weekend. Um, oh gosh, weekend, weekend. What did we do at the weekend? Not a lot, really. Like I'm always on my own at the weekend because James is away. Um, like he's not oh. around on a Saturday. And then yesterday we had snow, which was lovely. Um, for the kids, not so much me. I'm not really in. Did you go it. out sledging? Or? I didn't. I stayed inside, but James and the kids did. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. Like I, I'm kind of just getting used to this. Like home life now yeah it's really sad but yeah I mean <laughs> it's not I'm it's just nice. I'm just here that's what yeah. I am I'm just here in the house <laughs> how about you you well, get to go out so I don't want to know about it I had two car raves which would be I say two I mean four because obviously they're I'm back yeah they're um, back yeah yeah put some banging tunes on imagined my life on the dance floor but um no it was really nice actually on Sunday afternoon it was so bitterly cold that um we were talking about going out for a walk like you know the kids just did not want to and so we yeah. just got all the toys out we, we made like dinosaur world the girls played together really nicely for a couple of hours and also watched the rugby and we had a beer Aww. and a glass of wine and it was just really nice just to be kind of just pottering around and not trying to force anything yeah um, that's the hard thing isn't it I think you you think because you the only thing you can do is go out for a walk that you've got to do that every single day mm, and sometimes the effort that goes into getting the kids ready especially mm, when it's absolutely freezing and actually sometimes no one enjoy I mean our walks at the moment are torture yeah are absolute because Gigi's just learned to ride her scooter right but mm. obviously she's teeny so it takes I mean to walk around the block 
takes an hour. Oh, God. It, you know, and you're like, oh, my God. And if anyone has seen me, like, literally just picking Gigi up under one arm and then the scooter <laughs> on my back, on my back walking through Brentwood, then apologies, because that is what happens. Sometimes I get halfway around and I think, no, fuck this. I'm picking her up. And she's, <laughs> scre- she's screaming and kicking her legs and I've just got her under my arm. Um, yeah, because that's how it ends up quite a lot of the time. There's nothing worse than actually getting the kids out for a walk and then they <laughs> moan and cry all the way around oh. the walk. It's like, we might as well have just stayed in and you yeah. could have done this, but we've Why gone Why didn't out. we just stay at home? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God, we're being such moaners. But anyway, For anyone yeah. who had a lovely weekend walking this weekend, <laughs> good for you, good for you. Um, listen, we're going to get into this chat sharpish because it was one of those conversations which we I reckon we could have chatted to her all morning. Yes. Um, what I really love about this guest, and I've known her personally as a mate for probably about 10 years since she first um, came onto our screens as a reality star. And she's yeah. kind of done a full circle and has had this really wonderful personal journey of growth. She's very vocal on social media. She's just had a baby. This is her first chat um, outside of her hello interview that she's done. And yeah, talk about honest. Georgia, who are we talking to today. Today we are chatting to the wonderful Ashley James. So joining us on the podcast today, someone who's been on our screens and in our lives since we first met her back in, uh, oh God, well, I mean, it was years ago back in Made in Chelsea. Since then, she's been on a massive journey, which has been so wonderful to watch. A speaker, a dating and empowerment coach, a disc jockey or a disc knobby, (laughs) not knobber, as we might call her today. Um, And now mummy to Alfie, who's literally three or four weeks old, I think, today. We're so thrilled to be welcoming Ashley James to the podcast. Hello, my love. Hi, it's your favourite knob jockey. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Can you just for those, obviously, before we jump on these podcasts, we have a little chat beforehand and you were telling us that when you went to register your son's birth, you you didn't know what to put as your your job title. So just tell us that story because it's so funny. Yeah, so... um... Tommy, my partner, works in tech, so his is quite straightforward. And um, you obviously have to put your occupation. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I put? Do I put, like, dating coach? But I've only just started that. Do I put influencer, the dreaded word? Like, I couldn't think of anything worse, like, A, to call myself that, and B, for my son to be like, Mom, did you really call yourself an influencer? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, former reality star, presenter. I haven't done that. Like, I haven't presented anything for a couple of years. So I decided the best one was DJ, even though with the pandemic, there's obviously no DJ gigs. Um, But that's the thing that I I do the most. So... As she went to write it, she was like, just so you know, we can't put the abbreviation. So I'm just going to write disc jockey. And Tommy <laughs> was absolutely creasing. He was like, you've literally basically called yourself a knob jockey on our son's <laughs> birth certificate. That's so brilliant. That's brilliant. Those, those moments are quite funny, aren't they? Because that is going to be on there forever. Um, and the stories that is going to come out of that like they'll be tracing back in like you know hundreds of years being like oh wow like my great 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 grandma was a disc jockey what's that probably (laughs) yeah but better than oh my god my great 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 grandma was part of that really vain influencer culture Uh, they'll all be learning about it won't they for sure Like Kim Kardashian made selfies a thing and then people basically made money from doing selfies on Instagram. Oh God, hilarious. And then the stories continue. Um, Ashley, before we get into the chat, how are you and how is everything going at home? Because you are right in the thick of it, aren't you? Yeah, so Alf's just um, 
well, he was born on the 9th of January. So, um, yeah, pretty much a month. And um, do you know what? I love it. It's great. I feel really good. And it's actually really nice that people ask that. But um, it's amazing. Like, I guess there's obviously lots of, like, cons to having a baby in lockdown like the fact my family haven't got to meet him yet but equally I feel like there's lots of pros I feel like all you can do is look on the bright side and it's been so nice to have like that kind of extra time with him because we can't leave (laughs) yeah so Ashley just take us back to you know before before you were pregnant um before you know obviously had Alfie how had you always wanted to be a mum you mentioned that you'd been an au pair to us before but had that been you know been always been something you'd wanted or is it something that you kind of realized you wanted as you got a little bit older um do you know what it's it's funny because I feel like as a teen or in my early 20s I was always like yeah when I have children when I'm older Mm. and then even a year and a half ago I mean I a year and a half ago, I was still single and adamant that I didn't want children. But in my head, it was because I was like, well, when I'm older, but I was 32 and I'd been single for six years. So I kind of, I just kind of thought, well, maybe it's not going to, not that it's even not going to happen. It just wasn't on my radar. Like I wasn't surrounded by any babies. I didn't feel anything was lacking in my life. Like obviously I was hoping I would meet someone, but I'd kind of gone through all the lows of being single. And I kind of like created this really great positive life for myself that I was like, you know, if I meet someone great, if I don't, I don't. And I just didn't feel maternal at all. And Mm. I don't know if that was maybe you know, because I didn't think it was going to happen. Like I said, because I wasn't surrounded by children. Um, And then when I first met Tommy, so Tommy was someone I knew from my past and we reconnected on a dating app. And he was always like, I really want a family. I really want children. Not like a bunny boiler that the moment we met. (laughs) (laughs) We need a baby now, but I knew it was something that was important to him. And I was like, oh my God. Like I, I think I even said to him early on, like, I really don't know if I'm, the right person for you because I just don't know if I can if I can guarantee that I want that like mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know and then um I think you know when the pandemic happened I mean who could have predicted that and I think it just changed I mean it changed everything for everyone overnight but it really yeah. kind of um it kind of like simplified my life and obviously it stripped away like the DJ gigs and the traveling and I suppose everything that during my single years, I'd built my life around to have this really fulfilled life where I it, I didn't care about whether I met someone or not. And suddenly I'd met this amazing person. We were kind of forced to live with each other when the first lockdown was announced and yeah. everything kind of went from there. And now that Alf's here, I, I can't even imagine that a year. It's definitely made me realize that a lot of the time we have opinions and say we will definitely not do this or we definitely are this person and actually like life throws curveballs straight like all the time and um yeah it's just weird to me now that I didn't want children yeah yeah and actually knowing you the way that I do know you you and I were quite similar in that sense because there are definitely um you know that the type types of women that just know that they want to have a child you know that's just whether it's going to happen now or it's going to happen in five years they just know they've got that maternal gene and I didn't have it I mean there was a running joke with my friends that like I could barely pick a baby up without freaking out <laughs> being like I don't know how to hold it it's going to be sick on me and and that's not saying that I didn't love other people's children I just couldn't see myself with a child yeah. but then when I met Dozza it was almost like that it was almost like someone came on and just flicked on a, a light switch because and 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 actually, I'd say this to anybody that's listening that knows somebody that 
you know, doesn't know if they want to have children or it's them themselves thinking, I'm just not sure whether I've got it in me. I actually think it's a lot to do with meeting the right person at that yeah. at that pinnacle point in your life where you're like, ah, this is it. This is the moment. This this feels right. And then it happens. And then it happens really naturally. It's wonderful, actually. Yeah. And do you know what it is as well? I feel like there's still a lot of like mystery and negativity around both pregnancy and childcare. And also I think because we're still kind of like new into feminism. And when I say that, I mean like 70 years ago, you know, that it was still the norm to be a housewife and not have a career. We kind of went through this really like sort of like feminist thing where it was like you you have to go to work and if you're a stay-at-home mom that was almost like a dirty word it definitely was when I was like a teenager it'd be like oh your mom doesn't have a job and now I'm like we've kind of got to this more kind of equal place where it's like feminism is actually a choice and it's about equality and actually like stay-at-home moms are like rock stars as well because it is a job and it's an amazing job if you're like the type of mom that can do that yeah and um so I think because of that, I'd always been like, well, I'm a career person. And I I do think we're still in that sort of mindset in society where it's like you've, you're made to feel like you have to choose between your career and childhood. And I always draw this, like it's a really bizarre comparison to make, but I love um, Cardi B because when I found out I was pregnant, I was very much like, I'm not ready to give up my life. And it was Tommy that was like, you don't have to, like, why do you have to give up your life? And yeah. then I, I started thinking about Cardi B that she got pregnant at the height of her um, like pop or rap career. Mm. And everyone was like, oh, she's an idiot. She, like that's her career over. And she came out and said, no, I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to have a baby and still have number one hits. Yeah. And okay, she might not be exactly the same as me. It's a, a, like I said, a really weird person to compare myself. <laughs> I love that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to channel my Cardi B. Like, you can still have a baby and, like, you don't have to give anything up. And I think that's the big thing that we all, or not all, but from my own perspective or from my friendship group, it's like, oh, I'm not ready to give up my life yet. People say that all the time, don't they? Yeah. Now, so, so do you think that was your main consideration for not not knowing whether you wanted to have a family because you wanted to just have a career and you thought that that was all you could have? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think as well, the fact that I hadn't met someone, so it was so far away from my radar of, um, of you know, like, it, it's not like I was sat there with a long-term partner, like, oh, I don't know if this is for me or not. It was more that it was, like, being in a relationship was an alien concept. I hadn't been in a relationship for six years. And obviously, I was 32 when I met Tommy. So, you know, I'd already kind of, like, got to my 30s and it hadn't happened. And I didn't really have many friends who had babies. So I was like, it's obviously just, like, not my not my part and obviously going to events and DJing and uh, even like you know our industry it's very like spontaneous that I was like oh I guess it's just I've chosen a different path whereas now I'm like bring it on I want it all and I'm gonna (laughs) do it and I'm gonna prove that you can do both but equally my priorities have changed and I think I'm definitely still in that newborn bubble and and I said to Tommy like I don't want a career or hobbies anymore (laughs) he was like I think I'm change your mind and like give it a couple of weeks and already I'm like okay maybe I'd like some hobbies <laughs> yeah and it's funny isn't it because that ju- that journey takes you up and down on that and I think at the beginning you know everybody everybody has their own stuff going on you know some people want to go back to work straight away some people have to go back to, to work straight away some people don't don't want to don't have to and they can just stay at home doing the stuff that they love with their kids and that's amazing and I think it it's very much um a very personal thing and you know you you, you do it whenever you want to do it and I'm sure you you know this is basically working isn't it coming on the podcast with us and I really respect Mm -hmm. that Mm. yeah 
I think as well, it's like blown my mind that like being a mom or having a baby isn't like a, a, a chore. And I say that because obviously when I was no pair, I loved the kids, but it was very much like, oh, I've only got an hour left and then I get my, my free yeah. time. So I always felt like, oh, poor parents, they have like this permanent chore. And I'm sure there are days where you're like, oh my God, I just want to go out with my friends and not have this chore. But equally, I was like, God, I could like stare at him all day and I'm not counting down the hours until I get to give him back. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely been in like a, a really positive experience. I think because I had so many like limiting beliefs around parenthood that I'm like, oh, this is actually should have done this sooner. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. I, I actually yeah. saw um because um, you've been I mean we'll we'll talk about your amazing journey that you've kind of shown us on social media because I just think it's just been so beautiful to watch actually and really important with where we are in the world now to be sort of showing all aspects of that newborn bubble. Really important. Um but I saw a comment, I think you were doing a QA the other night and somebody wrote something saying you know I find it kind of amazing that you're not you're not talking about the negatives you know you're portraying motherhood as this sort of perfect picture and it's really unrealistic and I was really angry for you because I felt I feel like you're kind of a bit of a target and I also feel that you're the sort of person that wouldn't sugarcoat it like if you were having a shit day you'd show it yeah yeah I think she said give it 6.5 years oh yes specific amount of time that in six and a half years I'm gonna be like oh it is shit you're right (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah do you know what I call these people online the just you wait brigade or the negative Nancy's because it feels like no matter what no matter what stage you're at if you express any kind of joy or positivity there's like an army of people that want to shoot you down. So yeah. even when I, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. Like you said, Zoe, I'm so glad you said that, that I'm not trying to paint out like life is like wonderful, but I'm also like, you know, we're in a pandemic Um, there's, you know, life throws so many curveballs, and I choose to try and like see the positives and everything. So of course it's shit that Alf hasn't got to meet my family and we don't know when they'll be able to meet him because I've got a grand that my parents are looking after that's very vulnerable and it's just not worth the risk. So of course there's some awful things about having a newborn at this specific time, but there's also Mm -hmm. some wonderful things. And also because there's so much like scaremongering, like, you know, just you wait, you're never going to sleep again for the next 18 years. You literally will not sleep. And because Alf's been such a good sleeper, I've kind of been like, Oh, guys, it's actually not been as bad as I expected. So then then the Just You Wait brigade come in because they're like, oh, just wait till he's teething. Just you wait. It all changes. (laughs) Yes, but I'm sure it will. But I'm just saying at this point now, it's actually not as bad as I thought. Like, you know, yesterday I had a lion and I I think I got out of bed at 10.30 and I said to Tommy, like, God, we used to lie in bed when I was pregnant being like, oh, we should enjoy these lions while we can. And of course, when you've got a toddler, you can't lie in. And But with a newborn, you, all they want is your boob or the bottle. And yeah. So if I want to lie in bed all day, I could. Yeah. Do you know what? That's so interesting because... Um, I think we're, you know, we're we're all quite open and honest with how hard parenting can be. And actually, sometimes you can feel scared to say when you're not finding it hard, which is really odd, isn't it? Like, like you said, you know, they people say to you, "Oh, you'll never ever sleep again." But you know, some some children do sleep, and you know, that's great. And we should definitely be able to, you know, like celebrate that those positive moments. Mm-hmm. Apart from the sleep, has there anything? Has there been anything else that you found? to be better than you expected? 
Um, do you know what? I feel like just all of it in general. Like even, I wouldn't say childbirth. I'd say the actual labour was worse than I was expecting. Um, the birth, the actual like him coming through the birth canal was amazing, but labour was like a lot tougher. I was kind of comparing it to a marathon in my head. Like, well, I've run a marathon, so I can do childbirth. Like, I want to hear about this. I want to talk to you about it. Yeah, I'm really, really (laughs) desperate to to ask that question. Okay, well, we'll get to that. But yeah, I feel like (laughs) the whole experience in general, like, like I said, I genuinely feared that I wouldn't connect with my baby. Like, number one, which was because he was a boy, which I know is a very controversial thing to say, but I I spoke about it before. I did have like gender disappointment when I found out I was having a boy and not a girl. And now I can't imagine feeling that way. And I know it's terrible to have felt that way, but you can't help the way you feel. And two, I almost expected to have postnatal depression or not feel a bond with him. And that's because um, I've got history of having depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it runs in my family on my mum's side. And also, like, I've had a few friends that have said to me when I've said how's motherhood and they've been like, oh, my God, I hate it. I hate it. Like, they don't do anything. And so I kind of expected as a non-maternal person to feel that way. So the fact that I just love him so much and stare at him all the time and <laughs> that everything about it, I, I love so much more than I thought. I even like the smell of his poos. Is that weird? You even love the smell of his what? Poo. Uh, I think that's quite normal. I think a lot of people are like that. Like they can take take the smell of their own poo and their child's poo, but anyone else's is just no. Quite <laughs> normal. You can sit in your own poo for eight. You just sit in the bog for ages. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm just enjoying my poo. Actually, thanks very much. Um, going back to the gender disappointment, this is quite an interesting topic, actually. Um, mm. So just just talk us through what happened, and I guess the preconceived ideas that you had about wanting to have a girl. Um. So I think when I got pregnant, like number one, it was quite, it was shortly after um, a friend of mine who is a girl had died. So I had this weird thing that it, you know, after life, after death comes life. I was like, I'm sure it's going to be a girl. And I guess that was in a way part of like my grieving process. But also I feel like I've been on such a huge journey um you know with all the lessons that I've learned especially around love which is obviously what made me study to be a a dating and empowerment coach but I kind of had it in my head that I'm going to have this little girl she'll never have to go through heartbreak and pain because I'm going to equip her so well and she's going to be like a little mini me and this like really cool feminist and so um Tommy and I were both so excited to find out the gender. We were excited about the whole process, to be honest, but we decided to do the harmony test. And he was adamant it would be a boy and I was adamant it would be a girl. And when we got the call, we were at his parents' house and I couldn't hide. Like, I was really upset to the point that him and his family were like, this is awful. Like, (laughs) why are you upset? Like, it's great. He's healthy. And you're having a little boy. And I was like, but I don't want a boy. And without going into it so much, it actually made me like realize that I think from being single so long and having my heart broken a lot. And also there is this kind of like, sort of social media feminism, where it's like really popular to be like men are trash, men are trash. And yes, there are a lot of trash men. But I think I'd really got that in my head to the point that I didn't really like men. Like, I thought that most of them were like dicks, to be honest. So then I was like, how can I bring a, 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 another man into the world? So I actually had to like work on my own like issues in a way. So, and now I'm like, I can't imagine. 
And I always knew I'd love him. Like, I, that's why I was comfortable to talk about gender disappointment when I realized it was a thing. Because it's like, I'm not saying I won't love him because he's a boy, but it is very common to have to really want one or the other and then be disappointed with the outcome. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's just another like, you know, way that we sort of picture how we think things are going to be and then how they don't always turn out like that. And like you said, like you'd probably pictured, you know, having this girl and, you know, she was going to be a feminist, she's going to be really cool and all that kind of stuff. And then when it doesn't happen like that, it's, you can't, I guess you do feel disappointed because it's not how you pictured it would be. How did you kind of navigate those feelings and how did you kind of, get over it because when I'm you know I'm when you're saying about having a boy and you know you kind of was almost man-hating I would I guess now see it as well listen I've got you know I've got an uh, you know I've got an opportunity to bring up the next generation of man you know to be amazing and to empower women and all that kind of stuff so is that how you kind of navigated that yeah but I was like the world needs more good men but yeah um, also I guess it was kind of just getting my head around the fact that they were issues that I had to like work on for myself. Cause you know, we've all like suffered heartbreak and that's not a gender thing. Like, you know, there'll be loads of men out there who've experienced bad treatment at the hands of women. So it, it was more just me having to deal with the fact that yes, okay, there are a lot of people, men who treat women badly and yes, there is sexism and um, all of these things in the world, but there's also some amazing uh, men as well. And that, you know, like like Tommy, like my dad, like the people that I felt like are such rare breeds, they're actually like everywhere. And it's like, again, it's like this mindset thing. If you only want to see one thing, then that's all you see. So it was just like me working basically on my own issues. And now that he's here, I'm like, I can't imagine like not wanting him. We'll be right back after the short break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss so welcome back uh back to this episode of made by mamas where were we it's it's interesting because i think every gender brings its own concerns and worries for me it was about you know i've got two girls to raise and i don't want them to have the unhealthy relationship that i had with sex in my late teens and my 20s so for me i have to i i'm more concerned about raising the girls than i am about kit cuz you know we you know, I, I, I almost understand the simplicity of how, you know, in, how sort of not not simple that, that men think, but it's 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 less complicated and less emotional as a whole. For the girls, all of that is tied up in like 
highs and lows and, you know, feelings about themselves and body confidence and, you know, how they have to fight harder and how they might use sex for different reasons, you know, because that's how I was. I'm not saying all women, but that's how I was. So I'm, my worry is getting it right with the girls. Like I really need to get that part right because it's definitely, it definitely messed me up for a long time. So I think every gender comes with its own concerns. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a minefield. But that's interesting. Thank you for being honest about that. Because yeah, I imagine that wasn't you. easy to talk about at, at certain no. points. And I bet there are a lot of people who have those feelings for sure. And you also, just do you may know not what? say them. Yeah, exactly. Who yeah. does? Because you, you often like, you know, if someone's already got a boy and then they're pregnant with another boy... You know, that's happened to quite a few of my friends and they say that they can feel disappointment from other people and that's, you know, mind-blowing. But I think it's amazing that, you know, you can just air these feelings and make people, you know, realise that you can go through these but you can yeah. overcome them as well. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I've had a lot of people say to me um, when I was talking about gender disappointment that, you know, they did have, say, a boy and tried again and either had disappointment that it was another boy or other people were like, oh, so yeah. are you going to try again for a girl? And mm. I think that's quite a wild thing to say to someone <laughs> yeah, who hasn't even expressed disappointment. And I think yeah. that's another thing, even around like the negativity and the just you wait mums. I've had so many mums message me being like, I'm so glad you're talk- like calling people out on the negativity because they said that they go to the school gates and they actually feel pressure to be negative to fit in. Yes, yeah, right. that's so interesting. What so to be like? Oh, I haven't slept. Oh, yeah, they're being little shits. Or oh, god, da da da, and just to just to fit in with the rest of the mums. Yeah, and I, f- I find Tommy doing it as well because I'll sl- like sleep so well. I hear Tommy on the phone to his mates who have kids being like, um, when they're like, oh, you're getting no sleep, and he's like, ah. Uh, yeah I mean he sleeps well but I mean I'm sure it'll all change and I'm like you don't have to like yeah you can just say you you don't have to be like but because I think because you know that they're going to say well just you wait until teething you almost like (laughs) preempt it by being like but I'm sure it's going to change when he starts teething and it's like just let us enjoy the positivity for now and you can think it in your head like mwahaha they don't know what's coming but to say it to someone I think like why would you say why would you say it just let them be happy yeah it's like the sleep thing the sleep thing comes up a lot on made by mamas that it's a really interesting topic you can talk a lot about it when your kids aren't sleeping and you can kind of go through it and people are like yes. oh, I've had a hell of a night and people are met. and then but then I realized the other day that me and you haven't really spoken about um the kids sleeping Georgia and that's because our kids are sleeping through the night but then we don't want to go we've had an amazing night they've slept through the night yes. because we don't want anyone else to feel like shit about themselves yeah they've been up the whole like it's a really weird mentality it is hard isn't it? yeah it's really hard I had the same with Gigi when she was born my my daughter um she's slept really well and I would dread the question how she's sleeping because I'd be like oh yeah it's it's okay it's good because also I used to have this weird thing in my head that if I said she slept really well then she wouldn't that night as well so I'd be like yeah I'd be like "Mm, yeah kind of okay ish yeah but you know it might change um yeah it's weird it's so weird also my least favorite thing during pregnancy was people saying to me like oh make sure you catch up on sleep while you can and I was like number one I can't sleep because my pelvic girdle pain was so bad I literally I was in pain and like number two it's not a bank like you you can't get credit in sleep (laughs) and I again I find this weird because it's like I spent most of my 20s in a club. I wasn't going to teenagers, oh, enjoy your sleep while you can because soon you'll be out clubbing and you won't get any sleep. (laughs) And that's genuinely how I see having a 
baby, which isn't to say like, you know, sleep deprivation is, is a real thing and it's awful. Oh, yeah. Your kid isn't sleeping. I get that that's really stressful. But to tell someone who's struggling to sleep in pregnancy to enjoy their sleep, it's like, oh, okay, oh, okay well, I'll just switch off my insomnia then. And like now, even though Alf wakes up to breastfeed every couple of hours, it's so nice because I'm like, finally, I'm not alone with my thoughts at night. I actually have like this tiny little baby that I would rather be awake with him than with anxiety. Oh, bless you. I always say as well that um, people that have been sort of, you know, DJing or like go out clubbing, like to go out dancing, it sort of sets you up nicely for parenting. <laughs> it's like the rave days have like taught you how to be just kind of a bit knackered and a bit wide all the time. You've got some stamina. Let's go back to um, the moment that your contraction started and what that moment was like and how the birth played out. Um, okay, so my first contractions came on boxing day so I was due January the 3rd and on boxing day I was like oh my god it's happening so we got the hospital bags out and his little car seat out and then it went away and I was like well that is shit <laughs> but I was like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. and then um, I was so sure that he'd be early just because my mum was early Tommy's mum was early obviously he I knew that he was like head down and a big baby um so I'm also trying to get my boob out while I tell this story. Waking up, um, <laughs> hi baby. Um, but anyway, so it was. He was actually born on the 9th of January, so he was so overdue, and that was like a bit of a battle, being like, when is he coming? So on the 8th of January, I started to get period pains around five like 5 p.m let's say and by 7 p.m I was like maybe these are contractions but because yes. I got it wrong once I didn't mm. want to get excited so I like got the birthing ball out and I was like I'm just going to bounce on here and hope that something happens and then um we decided to go to bed and then at about 4 a.m I was like okay it's time to go into hospital so in we went, I had to do the COVID test that came back negative but I was in a lot of pain like so in because of COVID at the moment, to for Tommy to be allowed in the hospital, I think every hospital's different. Um, you have to be in active labour, so I don't yeah. know how much dilation that is. Is it like two centimeters? I'm not sure, but anyway, they were trying to do the cervix check, and I like physically couldn't let them inside me because I was in so much pain. It was like excruciating, and I'd been told. The contractions are really bad, but in between time, you're actually quite bored. So take a book and take card games and watch a, take, take a series. Like I had no break between the contractions. Like it was just pain. And um, I found out later that was because our shoulders were in the wrong position. So they were having to rotate. But because I had pelvic girdle pain, it was like, oh, it was, it was honestly just like awful. But actually, not being able to do the cervix check worked in my favor because they let us straight into the birthing suite. So that was around 5am. And then at 10am after just like, oh, it was just awful. It was like the worst pain I've felt. And I have like a quite a strong mindset, like, you know, I've run a couple of marathons and I just didn't expect to kind of like be as flawed as I was by that pain yeah. mentally. Yeah. So they like pretty much forced us a, a a cervix check on me because they needed to know what pain options I could have and they couldn't do that without knowing how dilated I was um and I was only two centimeters oh my god oh it's oh, my god. Yeah. oh my god I've it was 10 a.m and my contraction started at 5 p.m the day yeah. before and I remember yeah. being like how long is this gonna last like I can't I can't do it anymore 
and anyway so it it did last until about one he was born at 152 so he started coming down the birth canal at um, basically, I pushed him out in 26 minutes. Come on, Ash. Wow. I love that you know that as well. 26 minutes. Oh, because I saw it on the form. But it was mainly because when I got to eight centimeters and they said, okay, you're eight centimeters, I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm not doing this any longer. I'm just going to push. So I pushed and my waters broke um, like everywhere. And then I just started to really push. And then they, they said, oh, we're worried about his heartbeat. Yeah. Then, so then I just got on all fours and I was trying to even push between the contractions I was like I have not come this far to have any problems with him like it hadn't even crossed my mind that he might have complications or his you know his heart might not be beating so I was I was just like I just need to push him out were you having any pain did you have any pain relief at all um so I was doing gas and air and I did do pethidin but like earlier on so pethidin lasts one to three hours and it was the best one to three hours of my life because it meant (laughs) I actually got to sleep yeah um but yeah in the end they so when they said I was eight centimeters they were like okay you can do an epidural now but I did feel that I could just push and I I know that with epidural the risk is it can take longer and yeah because I felt like I'd already got through the worst part because it was the pain of his shoulders on my pelvis that was the painful part so when it was just him coming down the birth canal like I mean I'm not gonna obviously it wasn't a walk in the park it wasn't pleasant um but I felt more like the mindset that I expected of like I've got this yeah well done you can almost see like the end in sight can't you when you get to that stage you know that hopefully it's not going to be that much longer had you had you done like hypnobirthing and all that kind of stuff in the lead up yeah, so I, I, I did do hypnobirthing and, um, you know, a lot of it, I kind of like took what I wanted from it. And to be honest, a lot of it's not dissimilar from coaching. So I found that yeah. actually in my mindset, it wasn't like a groundbreaking concept to me anyway. But even having done hypnobirthing, that labor part, I, my my mind was fried. I was, I was honestly, I'd love to pretend I was like, yeah, I breezed through it and the music helped and the affirmations, <laughs> but I was honestly like, I was like, cut him out, cut him out. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, you said on your IG that you tore quite badly. Was that because of the size? Um, I mean, I think size and also yeah. how like, how quickly I tried yeah. to get him out. Yeah. Um, but also the tearing thing, I felt like before birth, I was, you know, I'd be like, did you tear or I hope I don't tear. And I was, um, you know, I had this like the epino thing that you blow up inside you. And that was my big thing. Like, oh, well, I don't want to tear. But actually, I didn't really find it that bad. Like, of course, getting stitches isn't pleasant. But I feel like surely your vag is going to hurt anyway, having pushed a baby out, whether there's <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was kind of my mentality as well, actually. I, fi- I figure once you've been through that whole um, experience of labor, like like stitches and the pain of that afterwards, it's like, well, you know, you've just been through the most painful thing you're ever going to go through in your life, hopefully. Um, so you can kind of handle anything. And that's my gauge for anything now. Even if I've got like a severe hangover, I go, have I ever felt worse? And the answer is always yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, maybe I can get, I'd be like, tighten it a little bit further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stitch it up a bit more. Um, actually, also, so- he was a very big baby. So he was 9.5 pounds. So they said it's actually one of their biggest that they've... Um, oh that they've wow. lived vaginally which is horrifying but yeah he was he was a big boy 
Wow, but super healthy. So that I guess you know that's what's important, isn't it? Um, So on social media, you've obviously been quite open in sharing your postpartum body, which is absolutely incredible. Was that something you always planned to do? Or did it happen? And you looked in the mirror and thought, no, you know what, I need to share this? Um, Do you know what, I'm such an open book anyway. So I think even before pregnancy and stuff, I, you know, I sometimes feel sorry for my family because I'm I'm like I find it harder to keep secrets than not so of course I have certain boundaries like things I'm I wouldn't be comfortable to talk about but I'm pretty open and I think the postpartum side of it is more because I felt like I, I'd never really I didn't really know what to expect or there's always such a mystery around it and I think because it people don't really want to talk about piles and everything else that it, it is something that Need, need to know, I don't want to hear about it either, Alpha. Don't. Think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. yeah, so I think I don't know. It was just quite. Fa- it was more that I was like fascinated because I was like, "How is my body going to change?" In the same way that I was fascinated when I got pregnant, watching it grow, I was kind of as fascinated to kind of watch it deflate and be like, "How much is it going to deflate? How much baby weight am I going to lose? How much am I going to have to work for? What?" am I going to have incontinence? Like, what, what is it going to be like on my vagina? Like, and so all of those questions, I think I just kind of talked about them openly. Mm. Why do you think it's important to share those things, Ashley? I think because I think a lot of people fear childbirth um, because of the, the fear of the unknown. But also I think there's a lot of misogyny around the female body and I went to a really I went to like an all boys rugby school and I remember we'd always make comments about like oh you know they've had a kid they'll have a loose fanny and it'd be so like gross around like vaginas or women that had given birth um and I was like it doesn't even make sense like people need to realize like number one a vagina is a muscle so it can go as tight as you want it to be um but also that's not where our value is anyway so I feel like there's this whole even women have this like misogynistic fear of our own bodies and and also like an inability to use the word for genitals and I I bet there's no men who are like oh it's a bit sore down there they're gonna say their dick or their cock or their penis whereas like as women even women who have given birth still can't say the word vagina and I'm like that's not even there's so much shame and fear around our own bodies that we're scared to use the biological term for our body part. So I think that's why it was a bit of a like, fuck you to the patriarchy that I'm like, I'm going to talk about this and <laughs> it's going to get rid of all the creeps online because no one's going to try and like send me pictures of their penis when I'm talking about my piles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one way to stop them, isn't it? Let's Absolutely. Them away. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting that you talk about, um, you know, the correct use and a term for the genitals and for the vagina, you know, vagina, let's use the word vagina. I mean, it's it's fine if you've got a special name for it. It's not for us. We don't do it as a family. We, we either call it a fanny or a vagina. And I was really proud of Isla the other day because she came downstairs and she was like, really bang my vagina today. And I fell on a chair and I was just like, good use of the word vagina, Isla. That's amazing. Aww. It was really like this seven-year-old girl just completely owning it and standing there. And I thought, wow, like, it, 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 like it's not for everybody. Some people want to call it a cookie or a moo moo, whatever they've got a name for it. But like for us, we're just going to name it as it is, and that's great. Um, yeah. do, you, do, <laughs> do you think that? Um, well, have you had many, many sort of negative comments around it? And the question is, um, how do we empower women to be okay with our postpartum bodies? Um, I think it's 
I mean, I don't think anyone should show their postpartum body for clout online. So again, that's like what I was saying earlier. Like I do share a lot online, but only what I'm comfortable to discuss. So I don't think anyone should be like, oh, I need to do this for other women. I need to show my body. Like, of course, some women are going to really struggle after birth, mentally, physically, whatever it may be. And I don't think they should be, anyone should be forced to discuss anything they're not comfortable with. But, you know, for me, I was like, I want to show that yet like you know what my body looks like I I don't want to feel ashamed either to I hate the term but bounce back or to not bounce back because I think there's shame on either side for whatever women do I've seen you know Lydia Bright she shared a picture of her body after giving birth and she was getting trolled for it because she was too toned Mm. and I was it's it's as bad to troll someone for their body because I'm actually surprised I thought I'd have to work a lot harder to lose my baby weight and not that that's a priority or something I've thought about yet I you know I haven't been given the all clear to exercise but I'm actually shocked that I'm I'm back in my pre-birth genes and it's not something I've shared online because I don't want to be like oh my god look at me I mean, my, my old jeans, because actually whether I am or I'm not, it doesn't matter. It just saves me having to buy new jeans. Yeah. yeah. Zoe and I were talking earlier about um, what, how we felt when, after we'd just given birth. And I think sometimes it can be really difficult for women to even look in the mirror after, you know, after giving birth. And so, you know, you sharing yourself and co- how comfortable you are is such a brilliant, brilliant thing. And, yeah. you know, I whether people feel comfortable or not it's only going to do good like it's only going to do good for more of us to see it and whether we're thinking about having kids we've had kids or whatever it's just yeah I think it's incredible I am I can't quite figure out because are we are we sharing stuff to normalize it um are we sharing stuff for our own self um because for example I don't feel like there's a a a um what's the word I'm looking for I don't feel like there's enough um sort of I've got to get my words right here because I don't want to say something and then go oh I haven't said that right but for me I'm a size eight I work really hard at my body but I also really want to show it in a way that's really healthy like I eat well I train well but I don't want to show my body because I'm scared of the backlash of people saying well she you know look at her and she's really slim and you know size eight bull all this bullshit but actually there's probably a lot of women who are a size eight who also train who want to see you know muscle definition or you know diet or I hate the word diet because I would never show what I eat online so I think that's really unhealthy but I think I think it's really important that we get like a grasp on all body shapes and sizes yes. and that ranges from you know the the highest number to 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 a, to a healthy lower number because I think it's important that we see all images but we're not we're not getting that online I don't think we are and I think you know the likes of Lydia Bright Vogue Williams who are naturally very toned but also who work out as part of their lifestyle so you know being pregnant like I remember Lydia I, I was on holiday with her when she was about seven months pregnant and she mm. still had abs. It's yeah. like I've never seen a bump with abs before. And mm. so, of course, she like went back to her pre-pregnancy body because, you know, she already had this like really toned physique, yeah. whereas, um, you know, others don't. And that's also fine. But I, I think any shaming of anybody, whether you, again, I hate the term, but for the sake of ease, like whether you bounce back or you don't, or whether you want to lose your weight or you don't, I think all of those things are fine. It's about what makes you happy at the end of it. And do you feel completely comfortable with where you are? Um, and are there ever any days where you wake up and think, do you know what, I'm not I'm not okay with it now? Do you know what's weird? I, I sometimes think like, 
have I done so much self-love that I've deluded myself? Because I honestly, like, sometimes <laughs> think that I'm, like, my body is so, like, so lovely. It's amazing. <laughs> like, even, even after birth, I was like, oh, I love, like, I, like my little flabby bit, like my little, like, tummy pouch that I had because Alf was, like, lying on it. And I was like, oh, that's so nice that nature's, like, kind of yeah. comfortable. It, like giving him a little like pillow almost I was like oh, isn't that sweet and when sometimes when I post like my body on Insta even like during pregnancy or before pregnancy people would be like I love that you're so confident to like to sh- like you know to show the imperfections and I'd be like do I have imperfections I guess I do but I, I generally think of like this whole like self-love thing is very gradual but it works but where I struggle more with is my face because I feel like aging is another taboo and I do notice um like wrinkles and lines and I really try not to but I do and especially with like pregnancy and breastfeeding I haven't been able to have Botox and as much as I hate to say it that's where I struggle and I'm really trying to like learn to love my face as it is but you have Botox uh, before yeah really minor Botox and it's not something I ever talked about but equally I wouldn't deny but I'd hate for anybody to do that because I said I'd done it and they were like oh that's how she looks the way she does yeah it's not something I'd deny or that I keep secret because I don't want people to know I've had it. I just also don't want anyone in this kind of like weird world where everyone is getting Botox and fillers much more yeah. of the norm. I'd hate for anyone to do it because of my choices. Yeah, it's yeah. Really interesting. That's a really interesting one because, you know, people want to see it and they want you to talk about it, but then you don't want to be seen to be talking about it because you don't, you know, to promote it and to kind of, you know, you make it look good. Does that encourage any somebody else to worry? Because actually Botox is a really personal thing. Any, any form of, you know... Um, plastic surgery or kind of what, what do, they, do they call it plastic surgery if it's Botox I don't yeah, know yeah well um modification yeah cosmetic enhancement cosmetic enhancement <laughs> that, it's 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 totally about you as a person and how you feel and how you want to want to look so yeah, yeah and I also think it's a bit of a like vicious cycle isn't it because would I have known about Botox had it not become like the almost like a commodity I don't know yeah um, it's weird isn't it because like I feel like the way people talk about fillers and plastic surgery and stuff it's almost like buying a pair of jeans but you can't take like at least with jeans if they don't fit or you don't like them anymore you take them back or you, yeah. or you get rid of them but with like fillers and Botox it is like I hate I hate the fact that I even want to do it or that I'm struggling with the aging process because you know the message should be that women age like fine wines just like men do but it it's going to take a lot of change and I don't know if I want to be at the forefront of that change I'm just quite happy to keep getting Botox (laughs) do you know what though yeah every each to their own exactly like and I think the more we talk about you know who has Botox and who doesn't then hopefully people will make their the choices for them rather than because they've seen somebody and as long yeah I mean we just need to keep talking just before we wrap up Ashley um you mentioned that you've been through a whole you know this whole self-love journey and actually quite often you don't see the flaws in your body a lot of women who who listen to this podcast will maybe be struggling with their body image at the moment so what would your tips and advice be for them like to where to start on that journey So where I started was um, I made my own body my goal. So I remember I used to have like Emily Ratajowska, whatever you call her. Yes. My screensaver is like my fitspiration. But ultimately, I will never have her body. So why was I using Mm -hmm. someone else with a completely different body shape other than the big tits? Like 
it was an unrealistic thing that was also making me miserable because I was looking at what I perceived as the perfect body and that was a body that wasn't mine so I'd say Mm -hmm follow like loads of different body shapes online you know like social media is a horrible place but also a great place because you can tailor it you should only see what you want to see um and the more I start to follow women of different shapes and sizes and look at like seeing women on the beach on holiday who had like stretch marks and cellulite I wasn't like ooh, look at them they've got cellulite I was like oh it's actually really beautiful to see all these different things and I was like they're not actually flaws they're they're actually what makes us unique and also I was looking around and it wasn't necessarily the prettiest or the most perfect bodies that I was attracted to it would be like the confident people and I and when I was when I was my most miserable uh, at my last breakup years ago that was the best shape I'd ever been in and it was the most unhappy it was when my body dysmorphia was at its worst I look back and I did have the you know perfect body in terms of you know I I had six pack and everything else and I hated myself I didn't see it and so I realized it's actually a more of a mindset and a confidence thing and by looking around at other women who are beautiful and who do have cellulite and stretch marks and all of those things I was like oh it's actually my body isn't the problem it's my mindset or the society making you feel like it's a problem I completely hear I think everything you'll say it's like preach it like I I I me and Georgia feel exactly the same way and that is our big message on made by mamas that it's not about what you see when you look in the mirror it's about how you feel and it's about yeah. owning that feeling and it's about saying right this is me I love me I l- look at what my body has done um and you know it's grown humans and it's 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 withstood lots of other things in our lives that we have to go through and it's 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 a magical thing whatever shape size form it comes in and also try and show your non-pregnant belly the love you showed your pregnant belly because I feel like there's like the pregnant belly is seen as like beautiful isn't it and I would like put my like lavender balm that I love rubbing on my belly and I'd like be like wow I can't wait to meet my baby and you'd kind of subconsciously treat yourself with so much self-love because it's like you've got a baby in you and it's exciting (laughs) yeah and and then I feel like the moment the baby's gone the question is are are you going to bounce back yes are you try and lose weight and so I still have the same balm that I had in my pregnancy and I rub it on my belly with and I try and show it the same love like well done like you know you you bought I look at my son and I'm like wow like he lived in me like well done to my body like I'm not going to hate you anymore because you you gave me this little thing I don't really care how you look and yes I want to get I want to feel healthy and I want to get back to being able to exercise. But if you don't look the same as before, that's okay. Because actually I didn't appreciate you as much before anyway. Thank you. Oh, Ashley, what a conversation. <laughs> Just oh. before we go, um, I know you're like right in the thick of the newborn bubble right now. So could you tell us just five or, you know, four or whatever products that you're absolutely loving at the moment? Um, yeah, so for baby, the Cocoso, is it called? It's like a coconut oil. And yeah, that's yeah. the only thing that I've used on him for um, like his nappy, you know, on his bum. And when I dry him after a bath, I just think it's the most amazing product and it's all natural and it makes him smell like coconuts, which Lovely. is great. Um, and you saw? <laughs> I, I mean, absolutely. I feel like I should become the ambassador of piles. Um, <laughs> yeah, the suppositories have been like a game changer because the piles is what I struggled with the most after um, – 
after giving birth. Yeah. Um, expert for midwives, spritz for bits. Spritz for oh, bits, nice. love it. And um, the li- is it called Little Butterfly? Um, I got their yes. baby bath and it's really oh, nice. Yeah. Obviously it's so gentle, but you, it means that he gets to have some like bubbles in his bath without any like harsh chemicals or anything. Gorgeous. Fab. Love that. Thank Ashley, thank you. you. Continue mm-hmm. your message. Keep being you. We think you're an, an amazing inspiration to watch online. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, she's incredible. I know that I say that, but wow, what a conversation. I know, I know. Do you know what? The whole thing around gender disappointment, I think, is one of those subjects that we really need people to talk about. But it's really difficult for someone to come forward and say, like, mm. I'm, we, I mean, I know so many people who've had those feelings, but they would never, ever, ever say them. Um, and I just, yeah, I really admire her for being so honest about it. And also just for talking about her reasoning behind that as well. And how, you know, how, how she got over it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't thank her enough for, for bringing that up. It's something that a lot of, you know, followers on, on Made by Mamas have asked us to, to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully that will have helped a few of you. But also how her incredible mind is working three weeks after giving birth to Alf. It's like three weeks after giving birth to Luna and Kit, I'm like, someone just bring me a cup of tea, I'll just be here. Um, But I I love her message. I love her body positivity message. I love her postpartum message. I loved, you know, her honesty around the birth and the labour and, you know, meeting Tommy. Just just everything. Like, she, she is an open book, like she said. And I also think, you know, the way she sort of calls out the negativity on Instagram and the fact that yeah. she has unfiltered pictures like uh, you know me and Georgia will admit it there are certain certain days where we love a Paris filter and that oh yeah of course of our, that's yeah. of our own stuff I mean it's not yeah. they're not deep-rooted issues but that's just our own stuff around you know feeling too knackered <laughs> just to show our knackered faces for us but Ashley's like no do you know what this is me and I'm going to show it and wow yeah hats off to yeah her. no absolutely and I was I mean I find it really funny that she was talking about how no one wants to say when things are going well yeah yes <laughs> it's so true isn't it like the other day when you were like oh we haven't spoken about sleep for, you know for ages and it's because when you're when there there is no problem you don't talk about it because you don't you don't want to be like oh wow like look you at know, me look at me that you know the kids have been sleeping so well ha 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 suckers do you know what I mean <laughs> you don't want, you don't want to be like that but equally I think it is actually good like you know our we've we've both had struggles with our kids sleeping throughout the years but ultimately they have all got to a place where they've slept really well yeah. and I think we don't want people to only see that's only see the bad because it yeah. can put you know it can scare people yeah. and put and put people off and it really doesn't have to be like that it really really doesn't um so Zoe I think maybe you and I need to need to be a bit better at that ourselves um and celebrate the wins yeah you're you're dead right and also I'm concerned that one day when our children are old enough they're going to get on to Made by Mummers <laughs> and they're going to go through every single post that we've written and yeah. go you fucking hated us yeah do, do you like do you, <laughs> did like you enjoy us? being a parent did you yeah. at all 
Um, Did you even want to have us? Well, so ultimately, what? we've got to yeah. shut down this Instagram before they're both 16. <laughs> so there we go. We've got a few years left. Um, no, listen, um, as always, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast, please. Um, and obviously, please do keep spreading the word. If you know somebody that's not listening to the podcast and you think they might enjoy it, just give them a little nudge. That would be amazing. Yeah, and please do tag us when you're listening to the podcast as we really love to see who's listening and how you're listening. And any suggestions for guests, please DM us at Made by Mamas or you can drop Zoe a note on her own channel at Zoe Hardman and we'll be back on Friday. We'll see you then. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 